Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 13. The book of Acts in chapter number 13. We are going now and we're continuing with the Apostle Paul in what we commonly call Paul's first missionary journey. We know that he was sent out from Antioch. And that we see that he went from place to place and there he preached the gospel. We saw this morning that as the Apostle Paul preached the gospel, there were certain things that happened. That we saw a dividing of the gospel, that there are some people who accept the gospel and there are some people who do not accept the gospel. And that does cause a division. But as the gospel is preached, miracles happen, lives are changed. That's the exciting part. We also see that there's a tendency to mix the gospel. And then we see that there is a suffering for the gospel. But the one thing as we see in Paul's life is that he was consistent. Everywhere he went, he preached the gospel. And we also see that God called them to a specific work. Notice with me in the book of Acts chapter number 13. Acts chapter 13, and then we're going to flip over to Acts 14. But as a reminder of where they started from, Acts 13 and verse number 1, it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manan, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto... I've called them. So in Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, we see that God called Paul to a certain work. Now turn with me to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14, at the end of the chapter in verse 26, we see the uh, conclusion of the first missionary journey. That they have traveled to all these different places. And now in Acts 14 and verse 26, we see this. And thence sailed from Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. And when they were come and gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And there they abode long time with the disciples. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the book of Acts chapter 14? Acts 14 and verse 26. And notice the phrase, for the work which they fulfilled. For the work which they fulfilled. And if you don't mind, we'd like to title this message, The Work of God is Our Mission. The work of God is our mission. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And thank you for the great privilege it is to be in your house today. And what a great, exciting time we had in your word this morning. And we saw the effects of what happens when you preach, when the gospel is preached. And now as we come today, we're asking that you would open up the scriptures in a special way. And that you would help us today to be able to understand, and not just understand, but to take this and to explain it to someone else. I'm asking that you would make it clear, you'd make it simple, you'd make it biblical, that you would get your own work accomplished through this message here, and that you would just strengthen us for what you've given us to do. As for me, once again, I depend upon you and your Holy Spirit. Please fill me with your precious spirit. You do your own work tonight, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As biblicists, meaning people who believe and depend upon the Bible, we should always have a biblically defensible position. Now, what does that mean? That means that whatever we believe and whatever we teach, we should be able to clearly defend it from the Word of God. And today we have lots of things going on and lots of times they don't have specific uh, titles attached. For example, if I was to ask you, what is a missionary? We'd probably get a lot of different definitions. What is a missionary? Is it someone who leaves America and goes to a foreign soil and passes out some tracks? Is it someone who goes over and let their little light shine and and smile at everyone? What is a missionary? Is it someone who just passes out the gospel? Is it anyone who just says they do the Lord's work? What is a missionary? You know, it's amazing over the years what different things have been said has been in missions. Uh, Some people will talk about going to a foreign field and uh, that they take a little vacation and spend some time with a missionary and they've done some missions work. There are some times um, that people say, uh, we had a lady who called once and said, my mission is to go to churches and play the piano. And so I go from church to church and I show up and I play the piano for and they give me a love offering and I go to the next church. And that is my mission. I had someone that said their mission was to go to all the public restrooms of America and write on the walls and graffiti the gospel and that they wanted to raise up money support so they could get money to go put graffiti on the there. So all of that is done in the name of missions. So we as biblicists should be able to say, what is Missions. What is a missionary and what is a missionary supposed to do? Well, we are going to take the word of God and clearly explain what is the work of missions. What is a missionary supposed to do when we support a missionary? What are we as a church expecting them to do? And we should be able to do it in such a way that we could explain it to others. Now, as I already pointed out earlier, that in Acts chapter 13 at the church of Antioch, the Holy Spirit said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for a work God had a work for them to do. At the end of Acts chapter 14, at the conclusion of their first missionary journey, we saw this phrase again in Acts 14 verse 26. And then sailed uh, to Antioch from whence they had, had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. So in the beginning of Acts 13, they were sent to go do a work. At the end of Acts 14, they said they fulfilled the work. So logic dictates that we should be able to find easily the work they did 
within these passages. Does that make sense? So if you don't mind, I'd like to show you from this passage in Acts chapter 14, and I'd like to show you what is the work of a missionary. What is biblical missions? What are they supposed to do? If you don't mind, notice with me in verse 21, and we find the very first thing a missionary is to do. Notice in Acts chapter 14, verse 21, it says, And when they preached the gospel... To the city. The very first thing that a missionary is to do is to preach the gospel. That almost goes without saying, but we want to make sure that we have it down. When Paul and Barnabas went somewhere, the very first thing they did was to preach the gospel. Now we explained what is the gospel this morning. The gospel, according to the Bible, is the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We found that in 1 Corinthians 15. So the gospel is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That we understand that Jesus died because of our sins. He died because of our sins. And he was buried, which proved he died, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But on the third day, Jesus arose again. And when he arose, it proved two things. It proved that he was indeed God. And it proved that God was satisfied with the payment that was made. And that when we go off... We need to preach the gospel. So if we are going to support a missionary or someone believed they were to be a missionary, the very first thing they are to do is simply to preach the gospel. That is the first work that a missionary is to do. As we go on, what is a missionary supposed to do? Not only are they supposed to preach the gospel, but notice in verse 21, we see the second thing. And when they had preached the gospel to the city... And had taught many. They returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. But notice the second thing. Not only did they preach the gospel, but the second thing they did was they taught many. They taught many. So when a missionary is to go to a place, the first thing they're supposed to do is they're supposed to teach people the gospel. They're supposed to teach them the death, burial, and resurrection. They're to bring the people to a place where they personally accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Then after these people accept Jesus as their Savior, the second step is to disciple them. Disciple them. That they taught many. What is discipleship? We define discipleship as this. That discipleship is developing the habit of obedience to Christ. That discipleship is developing the habit of obedience to Christ. And what the apostles would do and the missionaries would do. Is after someone would accept Jesus Christ as their savior. These people would go alongside with these new converts. And they would teach them. They would help them develop the habit of following after Christ. Do you know that most of the things we do in the Christian life is habits? You get in the habit of reading your Bible. You get in the habit of praying. You get in the habit of going to church. You get in the habit of giving. You get in the habit of telling people about the Lord. Those are good things to do. And discipleship goes alongside with them and helps them. It teaches them. What are you supposed to do now that you're saved? What are you supposed to do? Now that you've accepted Christ, what's your next step? And this is the next thing a missionary is to do. Is not only are they supposed to preach the gospel, but they are to go beside the people, not just leave them alone and say, all right, you get saved, good luck, see you later. But they are to take the time to help disciple them, to teach them, to help them develop the habit of obedience to Christ. 
Now, this is going to be simple things. It's pretty simple so far. So what is a missionary supposed to do? The first thing they're supposed to do is go preach the gospel. The second thing, after they preach the gospel, they are to teach the people. They are to disciple them. Notice as we go on, we see a third thing. And this isn't going to be a long message. It's going to be a simple message. Notice verse 22. Now, in 21, they preached the gospel. They taught many, and then they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, these other places where they started churches. Verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciple and exhorting them to continue in the faith. So the third thing they're supposed to do is they confirmed the souls. They confirm the souls. So they preach the gospel. And then to those that accepted Christ, they taught them. They discipled them. Now they went back and they confirmed them. This has the idea that they went and double-checked them. If you're going to find one big buzzword for it, you could put accountability. Accountability. What did they do? They went back and made sure that the people were being doing what they're supposed to do. Hey, man, how's your Bible reading? You understand that... Accountability is not a bad thing. It is a good thing to have someone love you enough to check up on you, to love you enough to see if you're following the Lord, to love you enough to see if you're continuing with what God has given you to do, that they confirm the souls of the saints. This is a wonderful thing. They were making sure that the people were obedient. You know, we as human beings, someone said that nothing is ever done until it, uh, people don't do what you expect, they do what you inspect, right? That people won't do what you expect them to do, they do what you double check they do. You know, you ever think about why people give in schools, give tests and quizzes? You ever think about that? You know what the reason is? Because we're sinners. We can't be trusted to read the book with understanding. We have to be quizzed and tested on it to double check. That we actually read it. You know what they're doing? It's accountability. Is it a bad thing? No, it's a wonderful thing. That they love us enough. They're trying to make sure that we learn and we understand it. And that it's accountability. That have you been doing what you're supposed to do? Are you doing what, you're, what uh, you've been asked to do? There is nothing wrong with accountability. And we all need accountability in our life. Every single one of us should be accountable. We need to submit ourselves to authority. Do you know that even I, as the pastor, someone says, who are you accountable to? Well, I'm accountable to the Lord first and foremost. And then I need to be very conscious that I'm going to stand before him. But do you know that what I do when I come to an area is that I go find a, a seasoned pastor who's walked with the Lord. And I get a hold of that pastor and I get to know him. And I ask him to keep me accountable that if there's anything that he sees in my life that's wrong, if he see, hears something that's messed up, to check on me. Why do I do that? Because accountability is a good thing. Do you know that if you make a decision for the Lord, there's nothing wrong with telling someone, hey, I made this decision. Can you check on me that, that I keep this decision? That's a good thing. That is a great thing to have the accountability because we all need it. To double check that someone loves us enough to keep us accountable so we do what we're supposed to do. So a missionary... What do we expect a missionary to do? First of all, we expect them when they go to a place to preach the gospel. Then according to the Bible, the second thing is that they are to disciple them. The third thing is that they're to provide accountability to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do. That's pretty simple stuff, isn't it? 
It's pretty easy. Plus, it's biblical. It's exactly what the Bible said. What happens next? Notice, if you don't mind, in verse number 23. At verse 22, let's go with this accountability. Confirming the souls of the saints and exhorting them to continue in the faith. You know, that's part of this confirming and this accountability. You need to keep going. You need to continue. You need to keep advancing forward. And that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Meaning, you're also going to have some hard times. You need to keep going, even though it's hard. You need to keep going. That's part of that confirming, to make sure that they keep advancing forward. To be accountable, doing what they're supposed to do. Then notice in verse 23. And when they had ordained elders in every church. The fourth thing that a missionary is supposed to do is ordain elders. So here's the plan so far. A missionary is to go into a place wherever God leads them and they are to preach the gospel. Then as they start getting people that come to know Jesus Christ as their savior, they are to disciple them. After they disciple them, they exhort them to continue. They, they confirm the saints. They provide accountability. And you know what's happening? A little core group of a church begins to form. That here's a group of saved, baptized believers who have chosen to follow the Lord. That they have decided together that they are going to follow the Lord and accomplish the Great Commission. They join together. Then what happens is the missionary is to, from that group of people, train someone to become the pastor. The missionary is not meant to stay in that one place. But they are from their own people to raise up a group uh, uh, raise up someone to train someone to take the church. Now, this is where sometimes it's missed in a lot of missionaries, that sometimes missionaries become pastors, and I understand they should have a pastor's heart, but missionaries, according to the Bible definition, are there to stay until they train someone to replace them. They are to be concentrating on training. You know, this is something that we're missing in a lot of our churches uh, in the United States as well. That any pastor who's been in an area for a certain amount of time, he needs to be finding someone to train, someone to teach, someone to bring up, to continue with the work, to train the next generation. This training someone else is an important step. That it shouldn't be dependent on a pastor alone. We should always be training this idea of continuing up. You know, electricians should train electricians. Plumbers should train plumbers. Preachers should train preachers. Piano players should train piano players. Sunday school teachers should train other Sunday school teachers. This idea of continuing and multiplying our efforts, this is something that needs to be done. And this is something that's expected of a missionary is that he's not there to stay. And, and why, why is this so important? Because a native people can reach his own people much more effectively than a foreigner. For example, let's say that we have a missionary going to Kazakhstan. His first step is to go to Kazakhstan and to reach the people with the gospel. And we know that certain areas it takes longer. Some areas they're ready to receive. But they're supposed to be preaching the gospel. And what happens from these people they reach with the gospel, they're supposed to disciple them. And as they're being discipled, they confirm the souls of the saints, that they're making sure that they're obedient, they're exhorting them to continue. 
And a, a church begins to form. And from that group of people, the missionary is to take a young man, to take someone and begin to train him about how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible, how to preach the Bible, how to shepherd the flock. And he is supposed to get to the place where they ordain elders, where they get to the place where they said, now you have a pastor. I am going somewhere else. A missionary is to work himself out of a job so he could go somewhere else. Now, what else is a missionary supposed to do? Does the Bible say something else? It does. Notice in verse 23 again. And when they ordained them elders from every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. The very last thing it says is that they are to commend them, the church, to the Lord. What does this word commend? It carries the idea of taking your hands off. That a missionary is to go and he is to teach, preach the gospel. As people come to know the Lord, he is to disciple them. As they're being discipled, he confirms them and exhorts them to continue. Afterwards, he or trains someone to become the pastor of that church. And once that pastor is installed, the hardest thing for a missionary to do is to commend them to the Lord, to take his hands off. So, uh, let me try to give an illustration about this. There is a good picture of taking your hands off and commending them to the Lord in the Old Testament with a young lady by the name of Jochebed. Jochebed had a, had a problem, is that she lived in a time in Egypt's history where they said these Hebrew people, there's way too many of them. And so what we, we want you to do is that any brand new Hebrew baby boys who are born, you need to kill them. Well, that's a big deal. No mother wants to have that happen. So this young lady by the name of Jochebed, she has a baby boy. And she does her best to... Try to keep the baby quiet. But many of you realize babies don't stay quiet that long. And she knows she's going to get caught. And she knows she's going to get in trouble. But she also realizes that God has something special for this baby boy. And so what she does by faith is she takes the baby boy. And she puts him in an ark made of uh, bulrushes. She puts him in the water. And the hardest thing she ever did in her life. Was to take her hands off. And step back. And say, God, you're now in charge of the boy. Whatever happens to him, it's up to you. If he lives, he lives. If he dies, he dies. It's your responsibility. You know how hard it was for her to take her hands off and say, God, you're in charge of that baby now. Not me. You know what the temptation would be to try to go up there and to take the, take the child back and say, no, 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 I changed my mind. You know, the temptation to try to... Guard it. Well, it's not her responsibility anymore. And you know what happened? It just so happened that that ark with the baby went near the princess, Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter drew him out of the water and called the baby Moses. And then she, um, Moses's sister came up and said, hey, you found a baby. Congratulations. What are you going to do with them? Well, I think I'm going to keep them. Well, that baby's going to eat a lot. Do you need a nursemaid? Well, yes. Yes, I do. And so Moses' mother was hired to take care of her own child. And she was paid to do it. Why did that happen? 
Because she was able to step back and trust God and say, God, it's not in my hands anymore. You take care of it. And the missionary, when he goes off, he's to go into an area and he is to preach the gospel. And as people accept the gospel, he is supposed to disciple them, to teach them when he taught many. Then they confirm the souls of the saints to exhort them to continue. They're to make sure that they're accountable and that they're doing what they're supposed to do. Then they train up a young man to become the pastor of that church. And once they have someone to pastor that church, they take their hands off and say, It is not my church. It's your church, God. You take care of your own church. And you know what the missionary does? He goes to a brand new place and he teaches the gospel. Then he t- disciples them. Then he confirms the souls of the saints, exhorting them to continue. Then he trains up another man to become the pastor. Then he takes his hands off and he goes over and does it again. If you were to write a short definition, what is a missionary? A missionary is an itinerant church planter an itinerant church planter the word itinerant means the idea that they go from place to place he is an itinerant church planter a missionary what according to the bible what they're supposed to do is go to a place teach the gospel uh, preach the gospel then they are to disciple them they taught many then they confirmed the souls of the saints exhorting them to continue they provided accountability they made sure they were doing what they're supposed to do then they raised up someone to become the pastor of the church they take their hands off go and do it again and so this is exactly what paul did in each of his missionary journeys in fact as far as we can tell the apostle paul was used to start over one hundred churches in his lifetime. That's pretty good. God used him quite a bit. That he went to a place, he preached the gospel, and then he discipled them. Then he made sure, he confirmed the souls of the saints, he made sure they were doing that, raised up elders, and then he took his hands off and went and did it again. And they repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And God used him in a special way. Now I know that God had his hand on him, but guess what we should expect our missionaries to do the missionaries that we support through this church because we are biblicist and we believe the bible what we expect them to do is to go to an area and to teach and preach the gospel then they're to disciple them then they are to uh, confirm the souls of the saints exhorting them to continue then we expect them to train up a pastor to train up some local to take the work and then they're to take their hands off and to do it again This is the type of missionaries that we want to support because it is biblical missions. And because we understand now what biblical missions is, there are certain things that we will not support. Even though they may be good people and they may be good causes, the work of God is our mission. That we are to do the work of God. So if a lady calls up and says, Pastor, I believe God's mission in my life is to play the piano. Can I come and play the piano and you raise up a love offering? I'm going to have to say, ma'am, I appreciate it. Is there anything I can do to pray for you on? But we're not going to, it's all right. We're not going to have you come. If someone comes up and says, pastor, God has just said in my heart that I'm a missionary and I want to go with crayons or markers, go right in all the bathroom stalls. I'm going to say, is there anything I can do to pray for you on? I'd like to be a blessing to you, but I'm sorry. We cannot support you. 
You understand that there are certain things that we will not support. Not because we're trying to be mean and because we don't like people. It's because we want to be biblical in what God has given us to do. And we as biblicists, this shouldn't be something that just the pastor understands. That you yourself should be able to explain to someone else what is a missionary. And there are certain things that you should be able to explain to someone what we expect a missionary to be doing with our missions money. With the money that we give above and beyond our tithes and offerings, we have an expectation of what they should be doing for the Lord. That they should be preaching the gospel. And we understand that there are some places that it takes a long time to see converts. And we understand and we're patient with that. For example, in the continent of Australia, do you know that it usually takes about three years before you see your first person saved? You know, that, that could be frustrating, couldn't it? Broken hearted. But the people need to stay there and keep going up there. We understand that for some places it takes uh, it takes a while. And there are some places, like in Sri Lanka, man, you pass out tracks, they just come running, and they're so hungry for the gospel. Praise the Lord, that's fun too. And so we understand there's different temperaments, but this is what we're expecting. We're expecting missionaries to go preach the gospel. And as they get them to know, have people that come to know Jesus, we're expecting them to disciple them. When I quiz and talk to missionaries who call me, I ask them these things. I ask them, what is your plan? What are you planning to do? How are you expecting it to be done? And if they don't have this kind of semblance in here, I will say, I appreciate you. What can I do to pray for you on? But right now, this is not what we're... We understand. And you need to know why, what pastor does and why we're doing it. Because we need to go through together. We need to understand biblically what is a missionary and what they're supposed to do. Now let's tie it to us. We're expecting missionaries to go to a foreign field and we're expecting them to do that. Guess what we should be involved in as well? We should be involved in preaching the gospel. And once people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, we should be involved as a church to disciple them. And guess what? Once they're being discipled, we should confirm the souls of the saints and exhorting them to continue. And guess what we also should be doing? We should be looking for some young people, maybe some older people too, that we should be training how to pastor a church. And then you know what we should do one day? Is that we should announce, guess what we're going to be having in nine months? And everyone looks at my wife and my wife's no. And we should be saying that we should be giving birth to a baby church. And that we from this church... If we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, we should be having churches being born out of here. And we should be training people who are going to go out and to other areas and preach the gospel. Do you know that we have communities around this area that does not have a Bible teaching church? One of the closest ones here is Black Creek. I'm still getting used to it, but I do not know of a Bible teaching church in Black Creek. You know that we have other places around here. You know, Green Bay is huge. It could use some more Baptist churches. Uh, so we're here. It's not like there's a Baptist church on every corner. We're open territory here. And guess what we are going to be planning to do? That we're going to be preaching the gospel. And that's what we're engaged in now. 
We are engaged right now in discipling. And while we're discipling, we are also confirming the souls of the saints and exhorting them to continue. We are providing accountability. We do ask you, how's your Bible reading? We do encourage you to keep being obedient to the Lord. uh, Because we want to have that accountability. And you know what I've been praying for? I've been praying for a young couple that we could teach. That God would call. That we could train. And to get behind them to go start a church. And then you know what? We want to do it again. And we want to do it again. And we want to do it again. You say, why are we explaining this? Because I want you to know where we're going. I want you to know what we should be expecting. I want you to know what we should be praying for. That this is what we should be doing. You know that every healthy organism reproduces itself. Every healthy organism reproduces itself. A church, according to the Bible, is a living organism. So guess what it should be doing? Reproducing itself. And so as we strive to mature and as we strive to be a healthy church, we're also going to be expecting to reproduce ourselves. And I just want you to know from the Bible what we're going to, where we're going, what we're expecting to. That we're going to be expecting to have an announcement that we're going to be having a baby. And that we're going to be seeing a church started. And I want you to be excited for it. I want you to be praying now. I want you to pray with me that God would provide a young couple that would surrender their hearts. That we can train how to be a pastor of the church. How to disciple. How to do these things. And that they could go start their own church. And as they become self-supporting, self-governing, self-sufficient. We're going to take our hands off and say, you're, you're a church now. And we're going to plan on doing it again. Man, doesn't that sound exciting? Doesn't it sound great? And this is what we're going to be doing. And this is what we're looking forward to. And I know this is more information. But this is information we need to know. You need to be clearly need to explain to someone. What is a missionary from the Bible? And you should know clearly and be able to explain to someone else. What the Riverview Baptist Church is expecting to do. That we are engaged in, dis- in, in to giving the gospel, preaching the gospel. We're engaged in discipling. We're engaged in giving people loving accountability. And we're going to be engaged in training people for the ministry. So that way more churches can start off. This is simple. This is biblical. This is what God has given us to do. And I hope that your heart's involved. That your heart's with us. And what God has clearly given us to do. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus. And I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three oh eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three oh 
6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.